Hello and welcome to episode 356 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Thursday, November the 17th, 2022, in the year of our Lord, Jesus Christ. We are taking a look at an article entitled, What Will the Reign of Mary Be Like? by Monsignor Zhao Scognamiglio Claudias. I apologize for butchering the pronunciation, I'm sure. We talk a lot about the reign of the Immaculate Heart. What can we expect? Well, no one can fully expect, no one can fully know, obviously, the future, the mind of God, but uh, this priest gives us some insights, and he references uh, a man I have great respect for, Plinio Correa de Oliveira, the man known as the prophet of the reign of Mary. This was published in a magazine entitled Heralds of the Gospel, uh, located at catholicmagazine.news, and it was originally published in August of 2020. Once again, the title, What Will the Reign of Mary Be Like? Any conception of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary is but a mere sketch as compared with the wonders that God will work in order to glorify his beloved daughter, his virginal mother, and his immaculate spouse. We would be mistaken to think that the elect, when they depart for heaven, consider their mission on earth to be over. On the contrary, the true role of those who are saved begins beyond the threshold of eternity. This is what Dr. Plinio Correa de Oliveira called the post-history of a soul, even more substantial and efficacious than that of earthly existence, even though the latter may have been outstanding and full of glory. In view of this, we might well ask ourselves, how does Our Lady's maternal intervention manifest itself in the events after her assumption into the, into the heavenly homeland. For the author, the post-history of the Blessed Virgin is divided into three great phases, break of dawn, sunrise, and radiant midday. The era of the dawn extended from the first times of the early church to the zenith of the Middle Ages. Sunrise began with the outbreak of the revolution, the nefarious process of deterioration of Christian civilization, that has led to the chaos, atheism, and insanity of our days. And the radiant midday will begin with the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, preceded, as everything indicates, by a chastisement of apocalyptic proportions. Here, we will deal with the last of these stages, namely that of the reign of Jesus Christ through his mother. Glorious future surpassing all imagining. For the author, it is impossible to transmit what he carries in his soul about the glorious future reserved for the Holy Catholic Church during the reign of the Heavenly Virgin. He has no words to describe the Church, renewed and resplendent with grace by the action of the Divine Holy Spirit, who will act in its favor in Mary, with Mary, and through Mary. A passage from Baruch's prophecy offers a pale idea of the intuitions that fill his heart with enthusiasm. Take off the garment of your sorrow and affliction, O Jerusalem, and put on forever the beauty of the glory from God. Put on the robe of the righteousness from God. Put on your head the diadem of the glory of the everlasting. For God will show your splendor everywhere under heaven. For your name will forever be called by God, peace of righteousness and glory of godliness. 
However, the plan of the Most High will surprise even souls of the greatest insight. For he is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, Ephesians 3.20. Anything that can be imagined about the triumph of Mary's heart and the consequent exaltation of the church are but a mere sketch of the marvels which the Lord of hosts will perform in order to glorify his beloved daughter, his virginal mother, and his immaculate spouse. Desires that hasten the divine intervention. This sublime reality does not, however, exclude another even more beautiful one, pointed out by Dr. Plinio. As the just gradually form an idea of what the reign of Mary will be like, it draws nearer to us. It is proper to prophetism, not only to foresee and announce, but in some way to hasten and even to have a foretaste of events detected from afar. On receiving the news that a small cloud resembling a man's hand was rising on the horizon, Elijah predicted the torrential rain that would fall on Israel and revitalize the soil made barren by the implacable drought with which God had punished the sins of the people for three years. He immediately sent word to King Ahab to return to his palace without delay to avoid being stopped by the rain on his way. See 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46. Beyond the physical phenomenon, the fiery prophet also discerned in the little cloud a prefigure of the virgin who would bring to earth another deluge, not of water, but of grace, the very divine source of grace, who would redeem the human race made sterile by the disobedience of our first parents. And blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich says that, choosing three of his disciples, Elijah sent them as messengers to the pagans of the north and of the south, even as far as Egypt, to announce to them that they should prepare themselves. For a virgin was coming from whom the savior of humanity would be born. This episode shows that when certain souls are taken up by the wind of grace to soar in the firmament of Our Lady's future exaltation, they must let themselves be led fearlessly. Although they always fall short of the reality, their ardent desire to see the honor of the mother of God avenged hastens the manifestation of divine justice and mercy. Accordingly, the author wishes to offer some considerations regarding the future based on the prophetic commentaries of his spiritual master, Plinio Correa de Oliveira. He thereby wishes to reinforce the inspirations of grace that speak within souls, urging them to confidently await the divine intervention in events that will bring about the end of revolutionary domination and the establishment of the reign of Jesus through Mary. Souls will breathe Mary. In Dr. Plinio's prophetic expectation, the Marian era will be a time of bestowal of unprecedented celestial gifts. It is my hope that Our Lady will give us unimaginable, highly augmented gifts, so much more beautiful and more admirable than those already known, that we are left speechless. Now, for such a communication of graces and designs to be realized, humanity must follow the same path trod by Mary most holy, that of sacred slavery. In the reign of the Virgin, humanity will participate to a high degree in the love that unites the Divine Holy Spirit with Our Lady. According to the expression of St. Louis de Montfort, souls will breathe Mary. That is, they will feel they are the object of her unfathomable and gratuitous love, and as a result will love her with confidence, fervor, and tenderness. From this ineffable affection will spring a mutual discernment of spirits, 
through which they will contemplate in each other the specific aspect of the mother of God that each is called to reflect. However, this will only be accomplished through a very intimate bond of spiritual slavery with the sovereign of the universe, entirely composed of enthusiasm, veneration, and tenderness, as well as a radical disposition for service, obedience, and holocaust. In this way, the whole of society will be raised to a new plateau of the supernatural life, fulfilling entirely the words of St. Paul. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 The whole of public opinion will radiate the image and likeness of Jesus through Mary's universal mediation. Reign of clemency, love, and sweetness. From this perspective, how should the reign of Mary be defined? It will be the reign of the clemency, love, and sweetness of Our Lady, the historical era in which her spirit will be present in every creature and her love will cover like a white and discreet mist the whole earth. Just as today the pestilent and filthy breath of the revolution is inhaled everywhere, characterized by revolt, egalitarianism, and unbridled sensuality, during the reign of Mary the delicate perfume of the presence and virtues of the heavenly queen will be breathed, both in souls and ambiances, as well as in customs and even in civilizations. The great prophet and apostle of Mary, St. Louis de Montfort, explains that in the souls of the paladins of her reign, Our Lady will engender such a superior sanctity, it being a participation in her own virtues, that they will be in the order of grace like cedars of Lebanon, compared with the shrubs that were the saints of previous eras. To these elects she will show and give herself completely as never before. There will be a moment when each one of her children and slaves will see her as if transfigured before them and will experience the torrents of love and mercy that emanate from her heart. All will be cleansed, forgiven, and restored. The reign of Mary, the utmost realization of the reign of Christ, will be founded in souls. The secret of Mary will be revealed. This epigee, of supernatural vitality will make the church and society an image of the glorious body of Christ. Substantially, it will always remain the one and same mystical body, but it will be adorned with new qualities, which will impart to it a most intense light. Man will continue to be subject to the evil tendencies instilled by original sin. However, it is to be expected that these, in most cases, will remain subject to reason illuminated by faith, as a result of an extraordinary motion of grace granted by divine mercy. To achieve this degree of sanctification and renewal of his mystical spouse, our Lord will do for humanity something analogous to what was done for the disciples in the day after Easter Sunday. He will open their minds so that they may understand the scriptures. See Luke 24, 45. Then the secret of Mary will be revealed, which involves a truth that is known but not fully understood and loved. In this regard, Dr. Plinio states, I have the impression, while not having the certainty, that the secret of Mary will be a new light on a previously manifested truth, but whose interpretation will be particularly striking in this period of history. This truth, contained in official revelation, would concern the very essence of God, and from there, God's relationship with Our Lady, the Church, and all souls. Consequently, humanity's relationship with the universe in the cultural, political, social, and economic spheres would be profoundly conditioned by this new perspective on which a special light would be shed. Nevertheless, the secret of Mary will not be limited to the simple assimilation of a truth, 
although this is necessary, since one cannot love what one does not know. A clear notion concerning Our Lady will produce in hearts an effect similar to that experienced by the disciples on the road to Emmaus, when they heard the teachings of the Divine Master. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Luke twenty four thirty two. By an action of grace, this participation will be accompanied by an increase of love, devotion, and piety towards her, which will result, as Dr. Plinio points out, in a certain union of thoughts and actions with Mary and through her with Jesus. How this will be, we cannot now understand. It is something sublime and mysterious. A new civilization will arise from these graces. The full revelation of this secret will open minds and hearts to two specific aspects of Our Lady. On the one hand, there will be an extraordinary deepening into the comprehension of her relationship with the three divine persons, as mentioned above. In the light of this relationship, the union among souls will attain such a caliber that, as Dr. Plinio explains, a kind of peace and tranquility would be established among men, giving rise to a new civilization. And more especially, a relationship with the hearts of Jesus and Mary would be inaugurated, marked by a note of intimacy previously unknown. On the other hand, as a consequence of a theological development favored by special graces and perhaps mystical gifts, the universal mediation of Our Lady and her role in the salvation of humanity will become evident, highlighting the super-excellence of her sanctity. As a corollary, light will be shed on the enigmatic revolutionary process and the false prophets that sustain it, which have enveloped the church in darkness. Dr. Plinio also points out that this new understanding would open such a breath of grace for men, would give such a filial and at the same time humble character to the bond with her, that it would raise the level of piety of the faithful and, a fortiori, of the clergy to a height only vaguely envisioned by previous ages. Thus, when the moment comes for the revelation of the secret of Mary, our hopes for sanctity will multiply a millionfold. As a result, good will be exalted as never before, and evil will be execrated to the fullest extent. As this blessed age progresses and reaches its epogee, the foundations will be laid so that the honor due to the Creator is fully rendered, thereby bringing history to a glorious end. So ends the article. We are going through difficult times in the history of the church, my friends, and things may get more difficult yet. Babies are murdered. Lust is celebrated. Confused teenagers are mutilated. Elections are stolen. We stand on the brink of nuclear war. Sin abounds. But as St. Paul said, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. To Jesus, through Mary. All graces come through her. Pray the rosary every single day. If I sound like a broken record, that's fine. And once again, if you get nothing else from listening to this podcast, pray the rosary every single day. Fathers, grandfathers, it's your duty. Lead your families, lead your wives, your kids, your grandkids in the rosary. A better day is coming. I promise you that. You just have to hold on. Keep showing up, as Dr. Ralph Martin says. Keep showing up. 
love the Blessed Mother with everything you have and ask Jesus for the grace to love her even more. Let us conclude by checking out the website Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach. That's located at halo-soma.org. And also please check out episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I interview my sister Toby and my niece Brielle about rapid prompting method known as RPM. Some call it typing to talk or typing to communicate. It has been a nearly miraculous method of communication for thousands and thousands of people who have been afflicted with non-speaking autism. We hope to make RPM as helpful and as necessary for non-speakers as sign language was for the deaf. Sign language initially received pushback. It was not accepted. It was denigrated. People called it pseudoscience. They're doing the same thing nowadays with RPM, but I've seen the results with my niece. I've seen the results with so many other wonderful people. Let's get the word out there, please. Share that website, H-A-L-O hyphen S-O-M-A.org and share episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast because communication is a human right. Let us pray for help and for healing from all of our non for all of our non-speaking friends and their families. As we pray, Almighty and Eternal God, healer of those who trust in you, through the intercession of Saint Raphael Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ your Son, our Lord. Amen. The Memorare to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, my spiritual father, and beg your protection. O foster father of the Redeemer, despise not my petitions, but in your goodness hear and answer me. Amen. Sweetheart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. The three Hail Marys in honor of Our Lady's Immaculate Purity. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honorum mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honorum mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honorum mortis nostri. Amen. A Gloria Patri for a special intention. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto. Sicut erat in principio et nunc et semper et in saecula saeculorum. Amen. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis, Sancti Osef, Teradamonem, ora pro nobis. Sancta Raphael Archangeli, ora pro nobis, in nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 356 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. 
All the shows are archived there. You can also listen in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, CastBox, just about any place you listen to your programs. And most importantly, please pray for the eternal salvation of all of our bishops. Goodbye, and God love you.